0: This
1: is Multinew Media. Joining me today is Christopher Woodward. I'm saying that as if you've never been on the show before because it's been a while since you've been on the show. And Christopher, I feel like I'm saying that all the time. How can I free you up from all of the work with, that we do at the university? And how can I free you up from other places? Because I want to welcome you back to the show and say we need, we need you here more.
0: You're going to start playing with my kids for me?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, we've got the swing set. We've got everything else going on. Um, I, I would offer to do some of your work, but your work just bores me to, to tears. And you know why that is, Christopher?
0: Because you have no understanding of finance?
1: Oh, that's – no, because it's pretty much the same work I'm doing. And why would you want to do somebody else's work if you're already doing it? That's just boring. Nothing new, it's- nothing exciting.
0: This is true. This is very true.
1: Okay, so I, I kid, but what is new and exciting in your world?
0: Nothing. Nothing oh, is new. Nothing Don't is play into it.
1: Come on. Something's going on. You you've you've um you've got something going on, I'm sure.
0: Absolutely nothing. I am enjoying the ride right now. I am I've actually pulled back from, from projects. I've pulled back from a lot of the uh, the pies I had my, my fingers shoved into way too often. And uh, <laughs> now I
1: did am, did you shove the your fingers into the pie, or did somebody shove the pie onto your fingers?
0: More like to shove the pie into my face that, sometimes. <laughs> but I am just very much enjoying pulling back from things and uh, taking some some guys you know, the hippies would say the me time. I'm what? taking the me time now. Is that so. a
1: hippie thing? Like how is that a hippie thing? I thought me time was just normal for everybody.
0: I don't, well, no, it tends to be a hippie thing because some people think that, you know, if they're not contributing to the gross domestic or gross national product every day, then somehow they're letting the world down.
1: So. I think maybe you're way too into that finance stuff because the normal people don't think like that. I mean, I, you know, I used to know a guy who would say, you know, it's the weekend. I'm going to go try to do as much of nothing as possible. And if he had a really busy week, he'd say, I'm going to be as negatively productive as I can be.
0: Do you really think normal people listen to us? Normal people?
1: I I don't think normal people exist. There you go. You know, with how many people I work with through corporate trainings and and, uh, at our university and everywhere else, I I don't think there is normalcy. And I I think not being normal is normal and that's okay.
0: So what's our topic for today's – Oh,
1: here you go pushing me to a point. So (laughs) – I'm looking around. Speak of all of our banter, we've been talking about all of the projects. I I, I don't know if anybody else has had a lot of projects like we have for various reasons, but I'm looking at a very messy office. And episodes ago, many, many episodes ago, I talked about how I was looking at the messiest desk I've had in a very long time, and it's better, but it's not done. It seems like I keep making this major progress in cleaning up, but... I have I have good news for myself and you if you're in this situation. Spring cleaning time is not quite upon us, but it's it's about here.
0: Yep. Time to get rid of the stuff that's just cluttering up your life. And you know, that idea that, you know, oh, have the garage sale, you know, donate. You know, oh, we're gonna donate these clothes, we're gonna donate these items, you know. Let's clean things out. It's kinda I always think of it as kind of the post-Christmas clean out. Usually around the holidays, you obtain a bunch of new items of one kind or another you know, and Christmas sales and post-holiday sales and things of that nature. Then spring comes, you realize, man, I just have way too much stuff. I I need to get rid of some of this stuff and then spring cleaning kicks in.
1: But there's a kick. There's a little twist here. Before anyone starts thinking that we're going to go all Goodwill or JCPenney on them, we're not really talking about spring cleaning in the sense of, oh, I've got to degrease my oven, but we're really looking at business. How do we in our small businesses, midsize, maybe you run a Fortune 100 company, right? But I- I'm thinking from my point of view, my vantage point of small to midsize lean organizations, I'll throw a few items in, but we want to look at a top five list of spring cleaning items that business technology is, is enabling not just to clean up, but to clean out. To almost get rid of completely. How does that sound? Sounds like a plan. It almost sounds like we've premeditated it to some degree and that you might have a top five list.
0: I may very well have a top five <laughs> list right in front of me.
1: What a coincidence. I have a top five list as well. And like always, we haven't reviewed each other's, but I, we've got to throw something out here. We've got to take one item that we know would end up on everybody's list.
0: Christopher- what throw something out. That's great.
1: That was so unintentional. But what if we were to ask anybody on the planet, what's one thing in an office that people can, you know, pretty much get rid of? We know offices still have this thing or these things or whatever, but nobody really truly needs it anymore. What might that, what what first item is going to come to most people's mind?
0: Everybody right now is thinking the F word They're thinking fax machine.
1: Yes, the F word, the three-letter F word. We're, we're Listen, I, I think we agreed. This is the only thing we talked about before in terms of our list. We agreed to not put fax machine on the list because I, I do not want to hear any more realtors yell at me and say, but it's still a crucial part of our business. Like they've never heard of e-fax um, and also because it's just so obvious. That we don't need it. So why waste the time on it, right?
0: So we can take this moment to to throw in uh, any office space jokes for those that haven't seen the movie about, you know, destroying taking a baseball bat to the fax machine. That was a printer. PC load that was letter a printer jams. But, um
1: PC load letter. Yeah, that was the problem. PC load letter.
0: Uh Fax machines. Yes, there are still some people clinging to their fax machines. But you know what? There are some people clinging to their black and white TVs, too.
1: I point this out every time somebody mentions office space. You know that movie is about to be 20 years old. I mean, it's, not, it's 19 problem. years old now, but it's about to be 20.
0: Ah, uh, That's like being old.
1: You young whippersnappers listen and don't even get our cultural references anymore, right? So, all right. What is your first item? Let's jump right in. All stalling aside, what's your first item that businesses should spring clean? Not just clean, but spring get the hell out of the office.
0: Well, this is one, and and I'm going to go controversial first because I know there's going to be a few protests about this. But I'm going to go right out and hit with one that the majority of businesses, I'll throw the caveat in there now, can probably get rid of. And that is desktop computers.
1: Oh, you jerk. That's number four on my list.
0: Desktop (laughs) computers. The days where you have to have a tower and you have to have a big monitor at every desk are gone. Right. Now, are there some businesses where, yes, it makes more sense to have a desktop because you want, you know, the, the more processing power? Are you talking about okay.
1: transcoding and video editing and audio processing? Yeah, yeah, those. those. Yeah,
0: but, but, but let's other be than that- if, you, if, if you're running a, we'll call them a standard business office, a standard business office, you don't need these desktops. Laptops, MacBooks, even tablets have more than enough processing power and capacity to handle what you're doing at work. And yes, if you want to add a bigger monitor in the office to plug your portable computer sure, into, go for it. That's fine. If you want to have maybe uh, an external keyboard because you like bigger keys or you want an external mouse, you could go for it. But the days of needing massive desktop power computers filling up your office, creating heat, are long gone. And so many offices I know have totally gotten away from it. And now, basically, they've all turned into laptop junkies. They're carrying their computer to and from work in a lot of cases. You know, it's portable. It allows for ease of use. Hey, we want to have a meeting? Oh, I want to bring my computer? I unplug it. I carry it with me over to the meeting. I don't want to bring it to the meeting. I don't have to. It's versatility. It's convenience. And again, the argument about the processing power for the majority of businesses does not exist.
1: Yeah, yeah. For most businesses, listen, especially if you're controlling the budget, just hear us out right now. You don't have to give everybody you know, some type of MacBook Pro. You don't have to go give everybody an HP Spectre. For most people, think about most people who are doing computer work—maybe data entry, um, clerical work, um, slight uh, light analytics, especially when it's cloud-based. You can get them a Chromebook or a Windows 10s device, right? And 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 they'll be fine. A couple hundred dollars for the computer, and and on that, I'm sneaking one in here. This isn't on my list, but you know, when you have everybody signed up for G Suite or for Microsoft Office. Well, that's great, but how many of those people are actually using those tools to create the spreadsheets and the documents you're using, and how many are using it just to view? Drop most of those people, so get rid of their desktop. Give them a laptop or a tablet or a tool-in-one or a convertible or whatever, and then drop them down to that $4 a month email-only plan where they can still view all the documents online. I think people are spending way too much money, and uh, not to throw our university under the bus, Christopher, but have you noticed... How many um uh sometimes classrooms, but mainly behind the scenes areas, have old towers and old monitors just sitting around?
0: They become archaic.
1: Yeah. And 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 we're not the only people. I'm not throwing it the reason I'm saying I'm not throwing us under the bus is because we're not unique in that sense. I see it everywhere I go. Everybody has that closet that and sometimes it's an entire warehouse sized facility where computer equipment goes to not die, but to really go to purgatory. It just sits there.
0: Which then makes you wonder, of course, you know, and and again, not not outlines to bash, but, you know, recycle those things, donate those things, get those things out of there because they're just taking up space and creating dust. And they probably, even though they're outdated, can be put to use in other places.
1: Well, now I'm almost wondering if I should have you go again or if I should go because that – we we we, uh, we share that item. What do you think?
0: Um. Well, I have a two-parter.
1: OK. So go for the two – start the two-parter and then I'll interrupt it halfway through.
0: Yeah. It's my number two and three items. So I'll start with the number two part. Um. And again, this is an old-school item. But just recently I've noticed more and more, especially I, I visited a couple of different – Just by coincidence, very types of businesses in the last two months. Um, You know what I'm seeing the end of? I'm seeing the end of filing cabinets.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Filing cabinets. I like that.
0: With obviously with data storage, you know, transferring into the digital world, we knew there was going to be less paper. But still filing cabinets lingered. Maybe you didn't have a room of filing cabinets. But you still had at least, you know, the three section in the corner filing cabinets with your important papers and documents and things like that. Well, more and more, the three-tier filing cabinet is going away. It's being replaced by one desk drawer now, one filing drawer in an office. Um, Again, more and more of our documents have gone digital. And when it comes to data storage… We just don't have this need to print out copies of everything and having, and again, I know someone's going to say, well, legal documents, I need the signed copy in my possession. Again, I throw that caveat. It's not all businesses, but a large majority of businesses that previously would have paper copies and again, three-tier filing cabinets sitting in the corner, now just have that one little file drawer of paper, if that even. So again, more and more data storage goes digital. Digital signatures have a big hand in making this take place because, again, no longer do I need a paper copy with your hand pen signature. You can now ma- email me a copy with a digital signature, which I can then store digitally. So, filing cabinets, my number two, part one of two, because my number three connects to this.
1: Okay. So, on filing cabinets, I, you know, th- there's a buzz term right now, a buzzword. I should say a buzz phrase, digital transformation. It seems like the big tech companies are pushing that. This isn't my, I'm I'm, I'm just playing off of yours here. The the term digital transformation is big and a lot of businesses are having trouble understanding like what exactly does this mean? And it can be as simple as what you're describing there. So one of the first ways that we can start going into the digital transformation is by going paperless. And I can think back to the 1990s, late nineties, by the way. So, we're not, there's no excuse for what I'm about to say. We're talking in an era where desktop computers were already prevalent. They would have already been, to some degree, on the desks of the people I'm going to talk about. Now, in the late 90s, I can remember going to my doctor's office or my then doctor and checking in. And behind the little reception area where there was a computer or two, behind that area, they had just installed these new, um, just really sleek looking Uh, basically equivalents of those shelves that you crank the little wheel and they all go, they all flatten in a stack and then you crank the wheel and you can get to, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's a name for them, but I don't know. They all are on a little track and so you have all these shelves and they all compress to where there's no room between them and then you open them back up and um, they had just switched to this. My doctor's office switched to this in the 1990s and I remember sitting there thinking, you know, that computer in front of you may not be very powerful, but it can probably hold most of that. And then if we get another hard drive, it can hold all of that. And if we go to a second computer or some type of a a centralized computer, a mainframe, it can hold, you know, 10, 20, 100, 1,000 times that. So I definitely agree with you. Um, you, You've you've just got to do that. Now, I did promise I'm going to interject in your two-part. So I'm going to say that not only... Is that part of the digital transformation good? But I want to jump. I hope I'm not stealing one of yours. But I want to jump in and say that we should start looking at getting rid of um, offices.
0: That was my last one. That was going to be my finale.
1: Oh, I stole your I stole your finale. I love it. Listen, you stole my, my desktop period. computer, so I'm gonna I'm gonna steal offices. Now this is actually a two parter for me, so I'll follow up on it in a little bit later. But why are we paying for one, two, three hundred square foot of of space at business rates? We all know what business cost for square foot uh square footage is. Why are we paying for that just for somebody that we're gonna tell, hey, by the way, if you're doing your job right, you're gonna get out of this office and walk the floor? Why why are we doing that? Why does that make in what type of world does that make sense anymore once we have democratization of our business functions, once we have a more um, horizontal and not vertical structure, we we, we went to these uh, vertical, uh, excuse me, horizontal structures, but we never took out the physical embodiment of the horizontal of come in and get called onto the carpet, right? That phrase of being called onto the carpet because we'd only spring to put the carpet in the boss's office. We still have offices. Why? Get rid of them. All right, so that I don't know if you want to add anything on that or because you said that was your grand conclusion. what What's your thinking? What led you to that point?
0: Well, here's what led it to me. It, it starts with an old school mentality, an old school situation. I'm going back probably three decades here to the way a person I know, uh, and I, I cannot name names for various reasons, but oh. in the entertainment business, as, as I just got a notification. Um,
1: Sorry. Yeah, mine person, was going off earlier, too. It's, it happens.
0: In the entertainment business, this person had a expansive office space um, and some of it was, was needed at the time. Uh, Again, I'm going back a couple of decades. This person conducted business, had a very nice office themselves in this space and whatnot. It was basically several floors of a building that they had every, (laughs) it was the entertainment business. Now Uh every Saturday, this person continued to work due to the nature of their business. But on Saturdays, he would work out of his home and several of his lieutenants and executives would also come to his home on Saturday.
1: <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> the uh, The idea was that Saturday, instead of showing up at the office at you know 9 a.m., you come to my home at 10 a.m. and oh, yeah, yeah. You can dress more casual. I mean, listen, so,
1: unless you're making me eggs and bacon. No,
0: no, thank you. Well, he provided lunch. Okay. Yeah. Uh, He ordered from the same deli, apparently, every time, too. Um, He would say, you come to my home at 10 o'clock. You can dress more casual. They would either sit by the pool doing work. He had tables and chairs set up by his pool. Or he had a rather expansive room in his home with a large table and outlets and everything else. And they would sit in that room and work. Now, obviously, you know... I I can feel the snickers and whatnot. Like, really? That's wonderful. But that's where the concept comes from. The truth Mm -hmm. is, he didn't need to ever go to that office, maybe once in a month, because at the time, they had some other office duties that had to take place there. But now, here we are three decades later, this person does not need that office at all. Right. This person and his business can be run out of his home. Mm Mm-hmm. And when it comes to meetings, he has the space in his home. So come in for the meeting. Come to my house. You know, you can obviously write off as a business expense whatever portion of your residence is dedicated space to your business. He could dedicate that room to his business because that's all he uses it for. So he can still get a little write-off there. He does not need that office. It is not necessary for him. There are so many businesses, and I'm sure you know them too. You know, ever seen a business? I worked at a business once, actually, just like this. I'm rambling a little now, but this will make sense in the end. I worked at a business. They had an office in Midtown Manhattan. This office was tiny. It was so tiny, it held three desks for the three people that worked there. If we were meeting with someone else, we would never meet in the office because there was no room. We would end up meeting at a restaurant or another location. So we weren't even using it. It was literally three people showing up, sitting there, doing their work, and leaving. There was no need for it. There was absolutely no need. We all could have done our work at home. We could have occasionally met at somebody's house, or we could have met at a location to meet for whatever. There was no need for that physical interaction to be taking place at all. There are so many businesses that have an office space for no reason other than to say they have an office space. Yes. Yep. They don't do meetings at it. They don't really conduct any kind of physical business. They don't need that space. That is just wasted money. And sometimes it's just being done because of ego. So they can say they have an office downtown. Well sounds like it sounds like when
1: you have a couple of floors, it's definitely ego. And and two things popped into my mind while you were saying that. I, I love that you were going uh further into that story, but it made me think about two examples. Now you and I we're both in an office, and of course, I'm going to withhold this name, and I'm, I'm confident they won't be able to figure out who we're talking about, even if they are listening to this. But we were both in an office a couple of weeks, a couple months ago, and uh, word on the, the street in the business uh, side of things is that this company is having a little bit of fiscal trouble. And um, I think you probably know who I'm talking about now, Christopher, that we, I think, had a conversation later of, of course, you're having financial trouble. Look at your office like you don't need this. This is ridiculous. Why is it so nice in here? Why is it X, Y and Z? Why Why do you pay for all of this when you, quite frankly, you know, <laughs> need a need a basement in Florida, which they don't really exist. So I, I don't know if you remember the specific I'm talking about, but you and I have both at the same time been somewhere recently that exemplifies that. And two, while you were describing it, there was a motorcycle going down the road behind me. I live kind of on a corner and I'm thinking, well, you know, at the office, we can expect maybe a little more professionalism if we're recording a little more quiet. Well, I joined in to a web conference the other day. For a company I was considering doing some business with, um, in the the education space and the online education or really corporate training space, and as I'm meeting with them, they kept having to apologize for the sound. And I said, "What?" I I finally said, "Listen, what is going on?" And now this is a few weeks back. This is a while back. So it was you know really deep in the winter and 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 one of the first big storms, uh, one of the big uh, nor'easters in early 2018. And they kept saying, you know, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, our radiators pop like crazy in this building. And the whole conference was just pop, 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 pop. So I I just keep thinking of these examples where most of the reasons and excuses we would give to go buy these, off, or at least these office spaces, are really nothing more than 1980s-style status symbols. So I I love that you went down that that path. And I hope I didn't derail you too much in your two-part series, but I, I love this one of just... We don't need offices.
0: Again, and so much of it is ego or, and here's the other one, it's micromanagers that have to have their thumb on their employees. But as I've often said, if you have to micromanage, then chances are you have the wrong employees working for you in the first place or you're the wrong manager.
1: Yeah. And and listen, if you have a manager like that and you want some tips or tricks, Contact me off air. <laughs> I want you to use your judgment and, and not get fired. And I, I'm, I'm not going to be uh, held responsible if you do. But if you're curious, there are techniques for um, managing up to where people start. You can start conditioning people to not expect you to be at your desk and they'd be OK with it. But it's it's a very strategic uh, method. You just contact me. Feedback at Multinimedia.com. Let me know if you if you are interested in that. So, um, Christopher, you're, you're part two.
0: So my part two, I mean, again, for those that are paying attention, part one was the filing cabinets. Mm -hmm. Part two, external hard drives.
1: Oh, thank you for putting that on there. I never would have thought of that.
0: I know some people are like, what do you mean? How can you get rid of the external hard drives? There was a period where people were, you know. Leaving behind the filing cabinet, but they instead embrace the external hard drive massive big heavy brick like external mm-hmm. hard drives Once again, technology changes We don't have the need for these massive big external block hard drives that You have to have a, a separate AC power source for We have moved on to obviously Smaller, you know the the, the zip drive the handheld drives things like that also the cloud You know more and more businesses are now comfortable that we're accepting of storing data on the cloud. Of course, there are some people that are going to immediately point out, well, what about when they breach the data and think about what you're storing? In some cases, maybe these items might be proprietary to your business, but they're not the kind of thing that's going to ruin your business if somehow, somehow, some way tapped into the cloud and grabbed it. So, between cloud storage, between easier to manage, I guess I would say, more handheld, more tiny, more, you know, think of the Apple kind of motif. We'll just make it smaller. Um, The days of the big, huge external hard drives with AC power are quickly fading away as well.
1: Thank you for doing that because one, it makes me laugh at the people who used to have those large orange brick looking hard drives. I just. it's ridiculous looking that what it tells me is that you under, we talked about overpurchasing and buying these desktops and, and these overpowerful laptops, but it it shows me that you under purchased your technology. And two, in this day and age, even if that's not true, you just don't need those anymore. You can go back to episode 46, a multi new media where Chris Ayers and I talked about hosting your own personal cloud on using NAS devices. And, shameless plug, you can go over to Udemy and get my hosting websites on Amazon Lightsail course. And I don't have a section in there right now about spinning up own cloud, but it's coming sometime this year in 2018. In fact, you know what? I haven't done this yet, but but by the time I publish this episode, just go to multinewmedia.com slash learn and I'll put a link to that course there. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to plug my other work. But that's the idea, whether you're using own cloud or a NAS and its proprietary solution or using OneDrive or Google drive or Dropbox, we just don't need to have all of these portable hard drives. Now I do, I'm being a hypocrite. I do have one. I hate the thing because it interferes with every mouse I've ever owned, but I do use it for one particular instance on my desktop. If I have currently working files that aren't going to be backed up in time on any any type of schedule or I don't have them backed up for w- whatever reason and since we're in Florida if I know that we're facing a potential hurricane or some other environmental threat I will create an extra backup of copies that I'm maybe something I'm not sure is going to get backed up or won't get backed up I will create a copy of it before I power down to deal with the event and I will take that on my person sort of in my I guess the equivalent of a bug out bag or an emergency bag. That way I have the information on me. That's the one exception I make for this. And I truly only use it for, um, for emergency situations. So I, I love that. Get rid of the paper, get rid of the filing cabinets, get rid of the portable hard, hard drives. We have the technology to handle this. Just go to episode 46 and, and you know, run your own NAS or, or run own cloud, spend one up on Amazon light sale, go to multi forward slash learn. And I'll show you how to do that. You know, sometime here in 2018 in my, uh, in my Udemy course.
0: I will say I do still use flash drives a little bit, but mostly because they're shaped like the star Wars characters. So I kind of like having them around and pretending that they're functional.
1: Well, the, those, those I'll give you a free pass on for most cases, because if you've ever done the Bluetooth sharing or any other wireless sharing, there are a lot of people who don't do that, and then it becomes this big, cumbersome event where you get twenty people involved. I'm, I'm being, you know, facetious there, but you get all these people involved trying to talk that person through. Oh, just click this button and do this, and and find the device, and that becomes uncomfortable. So a lot of people, you just you do want to be able to just hand them a USB flash drive and say, here you go, load the file.
0: Well. I have one left on my list. What do we have left on your list?
1: What do we have left on mine? Well, we have my, uh, I have, um. yeah, let me go for one here because I have my part two. And um, this is part two to offices, right? We talked about offices in the past and, and how they should be in the past. And I'm also going to add in a kind of a two-part answer here. The first one is along with offices, I want to get rid of assigned work areas in general. I don't need a cubicle either. So this is what a lot of companies do. They get rid of offices and then they give everybody cubicles. We can hotel we we are big boys and girls companies. We can deal with having a hotel space and working remotely and working from home. When I come into the office, I don't necessarily need a place to kick back and put my feet up. I need a place to work and I don't need to sit to the next to the same people every single day. Sometimes I have meetings that I need to inter- integrate with or or rather, interact with one group of people. And then another day I need to bring, if I'm at the university, I may need to bring students in, or I may need or all of these options. So the idea of giving somebody an assigned cubicle, I just, I don't know if I care for it. I don't know if I like it. Um, it doesn't make sense in the modern world in most applications. Now I mentioned that this is a two-parter because along with that, if we're getting rid of offices and assigned work areas to go to a more flexible hoteling of our workspace, right? That's the term for it, um, hoteled or shared space. Then we might as well put this topic of offices and your topic of digital transformation, we might as well put them together and say, can we finally, finally get rid of mail cubbies in the office? I'm not picking up physical mail at the office anymore. Please get rid of the cubby that has my name on it, where inner office mail and external mail is going to be deposited, take it, scan it, email it to me, take it, scan it, putting in it, put it in our, um, our document management system. Do something like that because I guarantee you, unless you make my job dependent upon it, I am telling people not to send me inner office mail. I'm telling people not to mail me at my workplace. And I'm honestly, I'll admit this right now, scouts honor. I'm not checking my mail cubby.
0: Mail cubbies. Uh, that's
1: funny. <laughs> I don't want anything that's called a cubby. If I don't need an office and I don't need a de- uh, you know a designated work- workspace with my nameplate on it, why do I need a mail cubby? Email
0: me. I, I think cubicles really only exist as storage spaces now. That's It's true. just a place to put your stuff, and hopefully, other people won't touch it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying let's go back to high school, but some businesses do have lockers. Some businesses that are even more in a white-collar area could probably consider getting lockers if you need a place because we're just accumulating junk and then we're paying overhead in order to, to pay for the place to hold our junk. I don't need to see... Listen, I love pictures of your kids, Christopher. We get to know each other. I don't get to see them very often. Occasionally, we'll meet up over at a theme park or something like that. But I don't necessarily need money coming out of our paychecks in order to pay for a place for you and I to put pictures of our kids.
0: Uh, it, it just I'm, I'm I'm biting my tongue because I know of a business recently that decided to allow their employees to work remotely, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much all but two days out of the month. Wow! However, that company is still keeping everyone's desks. So literally, <laughs> literally, these desks sit empty oh, twenty-eight wow. days out of the month. Two days, people come in sit at them for a little while, and then go to the meeting room and meet. So I,
1: I will say this. If it's a brand new policy change, sure. I'm even okay if you give it six months to try it out. I'd say try it for a month or two and then get rid of the space. Consolidate everybody down into a shared or hoteled office space. That way you can get a private room if you need it. Right, But but look how many people actually need it and, and serve the capacity. So I'll give them a free pass for a few months, whoever they are. I'd like to talk to you off air about that. I'll give them that free pass for a while. But after that, uh, let's shut it down and save some money. Put, put a little bit more money on their paychecks and put a little bit more money in the, the owners or the shareholders pockets.
0: There you go. So I have one left on my list.
1: All right. You've got one left. I've got one left. Let's do it.
0: Here it comes. Landline phones.
1: (laughs) Do people still have
0: those? 89% of people in this country, and I'm referring to the United States for our international listeners, 89% of these people in this country are on some sort of wireless cellular phone device now. Mm -hmm. Businesses. Once upon a time, there was a need for these landline phones. But how often does this happen now? Oh. He's not in the office or she's not in the office. You can reach them on their cell.
1: Mm, Yes.
0: Cellular reception obviously has improved exponentially in the last few decades. The days of call me at the office are gone. You're calling them on their cell phones. Mm -hmm. Obviously, with caller ID, you don't have to answer the phone. You can let it go to voicemail. So it's not like, oh. I only want to give you my office number because that way I don't feel that you can also set up your phone to have multiple numbers. So you can have an office line, quote-unquote, as well as a personal line. There's no reason to have these landline phones in your offices anymore. And I know somewhere my father is probably smirking because he spent years working for the phone company running <laughs> – phone lines into all of these offices and all of these buildings all through Manhattan. But the truth is they don't need landline phones anymore. And again, so many businesses have a landline phone and nine times out of 10, when somebody calls them, they go, Oh, listen, I'll call you back on the cell. So that way I can move about while I'm on the phone. So the landline phone
1: yeah, that, I almost have a rant that I'd like to tack on to there. Do you, have, do you have 30 seconds for a rant? I'll make it quick.
0: I believe we could fit a rant on here. <laughs> All
1: right, so when companies start making the transformation and they do get rid of their landline phones, I understand the need to ha- still have extensions and to have phone numbers for people. All of that I'm still okay with. But when you switch over to VoIP, when you switch over to Voice over IP and you have your SIP phones, the big just... I mean, it makes me grit my teeth with how stupid this is, is that people still tie that number to that SIP phone on that desk that you also don't need. And it's kind of like um, we've all been in the situation before, I'm sure, if we've worked with enough companies or maybe just that one special one where you've kind of had to tell people, like, listen, this is my office number. Do not call me unless you plan on leaving me voicemail because it is not forwarding to my cell phone. It is not forwarding anywhere else and I cannot access it from anywhere else. So it becomes a glorified voicemail. Forget voicemail. It's not even that. This nice voiceover IP with voicemail service becomes an old school 1980s answering machine that you physically have to go to in order to answer. And that just irks me. Why are you paying money? to get rid of your landlines and move to this new higher tech solution, but still limiting it to a physical location. that just really what's the phrase grinds my gears. There you go. Wow. Yeah. No, you, you agree or disagree with them? Cause I've got one more, but, but you just sort of were like, yeah, there you go. And and well, that's Chase I, I Ranting.
0: Totally, I totally agree <laughs> with it. I mean, again, it, it's, it's having things for the sake of having them. It's making things more complicated than they need to be. It's, It's just let it go, you know, downsize it, make it simplistic. I think maybe
1: maybe you're wanting to tell me to let it go because I just I'm I'm, I'm, you know, it's not like I'm known for ranting or anything, but I may be known for ranting.
0: That was a short rant for you. I'm pretty happy. It was amazingly
1: short for me. I I was I'm I by the way, in the classroom now, both corporate and uh, university, I now use a stopwatch to time myself and it gives me beeps. I use an interval timer, no joke, to keep myself on point. So keeping on point. I have one more. I guess I get to uh, conclude this here. Thank you for going first, good sir, and um, and for stealing one of mine, and I stole one of yours. So my last item, this could be a little bit controversial, um, even though it's not super relevant to our productivity. Let's get rid of the game rooms. I am a cusp millennial. That means I identify as much with the tail end of Gen X as I do with millennials. I understand that this was very much a Gen X older millennial type of thing. We wanted to go to work. And since we had to be there, let's have some fun. Let's have some video games. Let's have a little bit of pool or table tennis or whatever else. I get it. I love it. But the thing is the workforce has changed. We don't need the offices. We don't need the cubicles. We don't need the paper anymore. And when we free up in that digital transformation, which seems to accidentally be the buzzword of this episode, when we do that, we also need to get rid of the game rooms If we're going to socialize, we have better and other and better ways to do it than sort of this kind of, well, we paid for a pool table, damn it, you better use it type of philosophy. This is becoming more of a burden to the workforce that's coming in that feels now that they have to spend time on campus, that they have to spend time. And by campus, I mean corporate campus, not university. They have to spend time in the corporate environment, in the office. It sends the wrong signal. Instead of uh, sending the signal it used to send of, well, we all got to work, so let's have some fun and let's be a cool place. It now sends the message, and if you're not not super aware of this in business, I need you to listen to me right now. It is sending the message to your new entry-level workforce, not of you saying, look how fun we are. It is saying, I expect you to be here all the time. That's the message they hear from it in a world where they know we don't need offices. We don't need cubicles. We don't need paper. We don't need filing cabinets. We don't need landline phones. That's the message it's sending now. And I think so many businesses are tone deaf to that.
0: Absolutely. And really, to me, the game room concept was always something I wasn't fond of because I always said, well, shouldn't you be enjoying yourself all the time? Not just during your breaks in the fun room.
1: Yeah and and a lot of developers have i know a lot of developers graphic designers uh programmers I, I, even us as educators it can be very distracting i don't want to hear somebody you know breaking a game of pool when i'm trying to come up with a lecture or when i'm trying to relay a topic for a topic for a corporate training it's just it, it really is adding to the distraction in a and I'm being serious. I'm not being facetious when I say this in a in a world much more complicated with OCD and ADD because of digital distractions that we face all the time as a part of work in our personal life. But then to go back and aggravate it with this old school message message of, look, we've got to be here all the time. So let's force some fun. Um, the message used to be good. It used to be great. I would have advocated for game rooms even as recently as 10 years ago. Just not anymore.
0: Never a fan. No. Well. I was a fan because I believe that, you know, the idea is that you should be having fun everywhere, not in it. This is the fun zone. So
1: <laughs> this, um, you may have your allocated amount of fun in the designated area. Now, please proceed.
0: Yeah. Continue your activity. <laughs> activity cease. Return to work.
1: All right. So go do some go, spring cleaning go, folks three,
0: two, four. You
1: know. What was that last one?
0: I said drone number 324 oh. return to your position. How did you
1: know my employee number? <laughs> Alright, go do some spring cleaning. Get rid of some of this stuff. Get rid of your filing cabinets. Get rid of your desktops. Get rid of your offices. Get rid of landline phones. Get rid of your game rooms. Although, let's make sure we get rid of our offices first. Alright, Christopher, how, how anything else you want to leave as some uh, parting wisdom for everyone?
0: Get cleaning, people.
1: Good enough for me. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.